in a world few have dared to explore. Two men set out on an epic journey to answer life's manliest questions. From the Fortress of Smoothitude in Lawrence, Kansas, it's The Gentleman Podcast with Glenn Stansberry and Brian McKinney. Welcome to the Gentleman Podcast. I am Brian McKinney. I'm sitting to the left of the underrated <laughs> Glenn Stansberry. It's, you know, it, you're, you are underrated, you know? I feel like, I don't know what, I was just feeling, I was thinking about things today and I was thinking, you know, Glenn's kind of underrated in this whole thing. Yeah. In in what way? Well, you know, I think there's a lot of focus on me, you know what I'm <laughs> And, uh, yeah. you know, I just feel okay. like, I feel like you're underrated, I you know? Am. It's, it's like, you know, the quiet voice of, of Gentleman. Of recent, oh, of, of Gentleman, oh, okay. Yeah. Speaking of which, Glenn and I are co-creators of a site called Gentleman.com. Uh, it's a manly site, manly things, yep, manly content. Yep, it's very manly. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, this rain's throwing me up. Yeah, we're we're in, we're in rainy, stormy Lawrence, Kansas right now. Yeah, there's, there's a monsoon going on outside. So if if you if the if there's like nothing, you know, in the next yeah. you know, ten uh, minutes or so, if the podcast trails off. <laughs> Uh, and you don't hear anything after a certain point, then that means we might have washed away in this whole flood. So yep. call Twister. the emergency yeah. uh, authorities and have them find us. Yeah. Fortress of Smoothitude, yeah. Lawrence, Kansas. <laughs> they, have, they should know what to do. Um, so uh, let's get this thing started. Let's Glenn, do it. if these people want to follow along with the po- podcast, they can join us at yes. podcast.gentleman.com. Yes, they can. Um, they can. You can see the links that we're going to talk about in this show. You can review the content. You can talk about it. You can uh, send us an email, howdy at gentleman.com. Discuss it with us. Yes. Uh, what? What what is there? Uh, what other ways is there? Uh, let's see. Well, here. we've Twitter. already talked about Twitter, Plurk, okay. uh, Plurk. Pounce, um, LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a very important one because yeah. it's like professional, mm-hmm. you know. It is. So we get you know um, some good. There, uh, there's like a professional. Oh uh, gosh, uh, like the professional networks. Where uh, you know you can, you find a plumber or somebody like that. Oh, Angie's List. Angie's List. We yeah, need to yeah, be on yeah. Angie's we List. We should be on Angie's List for um, podcasts and websites. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm looking for something manly. A plus. Angie. A plus. <laughs> a plus rating. Give us a good rating on Angie's List for your local <laughs> for your local web development needs and That's podcasting awesome. needs. No, but on a serious note, <clears throat> I think I think I will make a. If if you go with me here for a second, I mm-hmm. think I'm gonna make a small plug, Brian. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you enjoy this. Um, this podcast, yes. Feel free to head over to iTunes, yes, that's and, true. and 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 send us a rating. Shameless plug, yeah, a, yeah. A rating, a, 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 a review, a review. Those are helpful, and yeah, they look good in the eyes of the Almighty Apple, which have yeah. deemed us for I don't know how many weeks this is in a row a new and noteworthy well, podcast. We talked about this in the last episode that I'm trying to get in touch with Tim Cook, right? Because CEO of Apple, because. Yes. I feel like their algorithms broke because we were on new and noteworthy. Yes, we are on new and noteworthy in various places on iTunes, and clearly there's some kind of problem on their end. I mean, there's a major bug when we're showing up in the new and noteworthy. This must be a prank. Yeah, like somebody at Apple is punking. See, it's not, it's not April first anymore. It's not April <laughs> Fools, but it feels it's like June first. June first. So maybe they're trying to pull one over on us. I don't. Maybe like just for our. Yeah. Our iTunes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. oh. You're new and noteworthy. Tricky. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. So, okay. So maybe not everybody's out there mm-hmm. do we show up. But, but 
But seriously, if you do, if you feel compelled, yeah, based on these podcasts to give us a review, if you want to give us a bad review, that's fine. We're fine with that. Are we? I think we are. You know I, what? I, 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 yeah, I'll put my money where my mouth is. Yeah. I, I, I'll stand by the review yeah. thing. If if somebody out there doesn't agree with what we say, or yeah, yeah, though it's my experience that most people. I mean, why would you give somebody a bad review? Why would you? Because just, we're you know, terrible, Glenn. Well, <laughs> I mean. I'm not us. I know why you'd give us a bad review. That's, yeah. I mean, That's very evident. In general. In like, general. Oh, you're I, saying. Okay. If I'm on iTunes and I click, oh, I want to listen to this, I'm like, right. oh, that was awful. I'm yeah. not going to like spend time and sit on my computer and click, 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 you know. Doing a, a long review right. about how it terrible is. we are. Right. But <laughs> moving on. Moving on. Don't do that. Really? Please don't do that. Um, okay. So moving on, we're actually going to you know talk about things now. Yep. And we're going to start with the drink of the week, as we always do, Glenn. Ooh. Um, and this this week, um, Glenn Glenn provided an interesting idea, and this is um, this is foreshadowing for a later segment that we're going to talk about. But uh, the name of this drink is called the Brave Bull. Uh, Wait, we foreshadow this? Well, I'm going to talk about that. Okay, okay. okay. That's something I'm going to get into a little bit. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Yeah, exactly. Um, But, so the Brave Bull. I was looking up stuff on this, Glenn, and there's nothing on the internet about this. Other than the drink recipe itself. So there's no history behind this. Yeah. Uh, And and I got to say, Brian, I was watching you mix this drink, and I feel (laughs) like you have to be a Brave Bull to actually consume it here's yeah here's what i think when i see a drink that has no history behind it it's not the old-fashioned you know it's not a martini um i think you know we're we're we're, we're blazing a trail you know yeah. like the the astronauts of old you know like yes. we're, we're you know we're huh. getting out there we're putting ourselves out there on a risk on a limb just to see what's going to happen here and and we're we're going so we're going a new direction we're not doing an old-fashioned nope you know this we're going a new, a new fashion new direction yeah, you can't show up at your bar and say, hey, give me a Brave Bull. Because they're going to have no idea what it is. Oh, they're what's that? Like, oh, what's that? I, I have no idea. It's not my book here. I'm trying to flip through my book. I'm not seeing it. What is it? Get a pen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Add a page. Here it is. <laughs> Add a page. The two ingredients. <laughs> Staple a piece of paper in there. Yeah. Staple a cocktail napkin in the back of or, it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, two ingredients. Right. And of the, this cocktail. Right. And the ratio is two to one. Two to one. Tequila to Kahlua. Right. And that's it. And it's um, it's scary. It, it looks scary. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're, 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 we're all for the manly drink, but mm-hmm. there's something about these two ingredients that is unsettling. Yeah. Uh, it does watching seem like them, it, I smelled it and I told Brian it didn't smell good. Uh, it does seem like a bad <laughs> idea yeah, on the surface. I uh, the, the, the reality is, that, look, let's just be completely transparent here. Yep. We're trying to figure out... <laughs> The drink of the week. <laughs> and Glenn said, hey, I've got some tequila. And I said, hey, I've got some Kahlua. And we looked it up, and hey, that's actually a drink. Yep. So um, that's really what happened. Um, right. So we're going to stand by it, though. We're going we're gonna to drink this, and we're going to like it. Well. Or we're going to pretend we like it. Yeah. Probably. I don't know. Yeah. So let's take a drink of it and see okay. how it is. Here we go. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Brave Bull. It's not bad. Not as bad as it's I thought. It's not too bad. Wow. Okay, that's kind of refreshing. It is. It is. I, I, we're, yeah, seriously, mm. that's that's pretty good. Wow, mm. it's, it's almost like coffee. Yeah, it's like a co- yeah, it's very coffeeish. Mm. Yeah, this is a dangerous know. drink too. It's a dangerous drink. Yeah, it is good. Okay, so the brave bull. There we go. Hey. All right, blazing some trails. Hey, the brave fortune bolt. favors the brave. That's true. And or so, bold and bold or brave. Right. Okay. So the brave bull. That's good. Yeah, I drink that again. I wouldn't order like five in a row. No, that would it's be a terrible sweet. idea. Yeah, yeah, and it's like it's a lot yeah. of tequila. It is a lot of tequila. Um, okay, but, hey, we're, all right. Yeah, okay. 
Yeah, so we got a solid drink here. That's that's good. I was a little bit worried about this one. <laughs> Turned out all right. You and me both, brother. Okay, so uh, moving on. These are some interesting links posted to gentleman.com in the past week or so. Yes. The first one, right up here, served up by Ben Espen. Um, it's called 65 Amazing Facts That Will Blow Your Mind. It's mm-hmm. a mental floss article. And this was the most popular post on Gentleman this past week. Okay. Um, and got a lot of attention. And basically, it kind of does what it says on the tin. Yep. 65 amazing, flag, amazing facts. And they are actually pretty great. They are great. And, and these are, you know, these are these are all good one-liners. So there's some thunder well, right I'm there. Sorry, that's a... Like I said, like we said, there's monsoon going on over here. Get a little here. closer, actually. Yeah, actually, that was a quick... You yeah. have a basement, right? Uh, it's more like a crawl space. Um, I'm claustrophobic. You don't mind, like, uh, crawling around in some dirt, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Army crawl. <laughs> anyway, um, so pay close attention. Hopefully, Glenn and I will continue through this episode. We'll see what happens. Yikes. Um, <laughs> wow. Wow. That was closer. Um, so, <laughs> anyway, let's hope for no tornadoes. Um, just going to check the weather real quick here while you yeah. talk, Brian. <laughs> yeah, seriously. No, no, really. Then slowly backing out of the... Whoa, that looks bad. Oh, boy. No, 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 that's... That's... Uh, that's oh. the that orange... Right now? Yeah, the no. orange... The heavy orange tent to the well, area. Well, let's, let's not be hasty here. Okay. Let's see what's going on. We're just looking up the uh, weather map right now. Oh, we're in a severe thunderstorm watch until well, one. Yeah, it's, no, it's just watching for... Thunderstorms. Yeah, let's look it's at the probably fire. I don't know. Well, anyway, uh, we've seen worse. <laughs> yeah, I actually. Ooh, that looks bad. That, there's some red on the map there. Huh. Uh, huh. Okay, well, we can't link up the radar right now, but um, just <laughs> trust us. It looks terrible. By the uh, way, this reminds me. I so we, my wife and I went to Colorado. I don't know, five years. Okay, actually, yeah, maybe five years ago, six years ago, and um, the, so we're in. California, Huntington Beach area, and I'm staying with some friends, and they're watching the weather that mm-hmm. night. And it was hilarious because one of the segments was uh, somebody actually recorded thunder okay. in in this part of California. Oh wow! And it was like yeah. they're like later on we're going to record uh, some thunder. We're going to we're going to listen to a recording of some thunder that a, that a uh, a viewer sent wow. in earlier today. Wow! And it was like so they played it. It was like. It was like the lowest. It was maybe like the cameraman farted or something. Like it was a. It was. It was Whoa, not that. Not that. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Anyway, well, around Kansas, around springtime, we get some hellacious. You uh, never know thunderstorms. So, you never know. You know, no big deal. That's right. We're good. We'll be fine. Okay. So the sixty-five amazing facts. Right. Um, there's some. There's, there's some good highlights here. Mm-hmm. Um, some of my favorites. I'm just going to run through them. Yep. Okay. okay. Let's do it. Uh, Google's founders were willing to sell to Excite for under a million dollars in 1999, but Excite turned them down. <laughs> in hindsight, uh, not a good, not a good. No, it was, it was awesome that they didn't because well, we wouldn't have had Google because I Excite. You yeah. know these acquisitions; they never. Yeah. What were, What did those guys? What, what do you think those guys would end up doing if they didn't found Google, which is like ubiquitous now? I don't know. Maybe they would have... I mean, maybe they would have done... I don't know. You never know. Maybe they would have just hung out. 500000 apiece in their pockets. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You never know. Anyway. Okay. Uh, Wilford Brimley was, uh, at one time, Howard Hughes' bodyguard. The oatmeal commercial guy? Yeah. You know? Quaker. Oh, well, girl. hey. He's a lot warms the soul. Than I would have imagined, you know? Yeah. Um, 
Let's see what else we have here. Uh, Jonas Salk declined to, p- to patent his polio vaccine, saying there is no patent. He said, "Could you patent the sun?" <laughs> what pretty awesome! You know, it you is think pretty about cool. the ph- pharmaceutical companies today. You know, everything's all about, all about the patent war, everything like that. Ugh. This guy's like, no, this is a cure for a disease. You know, I could be rich, but that's okay. I want to, you know, make sure that everybody can get this. Pretty cool. Um, yeah. Let's see what else is there. San Francisco 49ers coach Jim Harbaugh once played Screech's cousin on a 1996 episode of Saved by the Bell, The New Class. Huh. Hard to see that one coming. Jim Harbaugh, you know, uh, his annex on the sideline, I don't know if you've noticed, but he <laughs> seems very, you know. Uh, well, he was a big shot football player. Yeah. So that would have been right when he was in college, maybe. Yeah. So, would, would he have been pro yet? Probably not. I don't think no. so. Probably yeah. college. Yeah, probably college years. Yeah. Probably local college well, guy. Well, it said Saved by the Bell, the new class. So was that high school or was that college? I don't know. I didn't really. I didn't either die. I, uh, I, I don't know. Kelly Kapowski. I don't know, something like that. Kapowski. The one last one that I wanted to say was that Barry Manilow did not write the hit, I Write the Songs. Interesting. Very ironic. Yeah. It is. I wonder how... Huh. Mm-hmm. I wonder how you get away with it. I don't know. I don't know. Well, you get away with it because he actually, although Barry Manilow did not write um, the hit, I Write the Songs, he wrote the jingle uh, for State Farm, Like a Good Neighbor. He also wrote the Band-Aids, Because Band-Aids Stuck on Me jingle. But he did not write, I like write the songs. Wow. So so he writes stuff. He, he just doesn't the write songs. the stuff he says he writes. He just doesn't write the song about the songs that he writes. Yeah, he never wrote a song about like... I wrote the Band-Aid jingle. Right. He, he, he should have. I wrote That would have been more. What was the other one? State Farm. State Farm, State Farm jingle. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That was a... Well, Barry, if yeah. you're listening, feel free to run with that. Okay? That little number right there. Yeah. Gonna, hey, Barry, can you pat in the sun? Yeah. Take <laughs> it. It's yours. All right? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I think one of my favorites, Brian, in this was the the fact about Nutella. Oh yeah, that was good. Uh, Nutella was invented during World War II when an Italian pastry maker mixed hazelnuts into chocolate to extend his chocolate ration. What they left out though is that he also was like probably one of the first um, people to effectively utilize crack cocaine mm-hmm. in a. I was just gonna uh, say pastry. Um, <clears throat> I wonder what that would have been like to have tasted Nutella for the first time. You know what I mean? Oh, like. Can you like imagine being that guy where you're like, I'll just mix these two things together, and you like take a spoonful of Nutella and you like put it in your mouth, sweet mother. <laughs> <Yeah>. Seriously, <laughs> and then you just like lock yourself in a room for a year and just eat it. Brian, that reminds me of uh, the story of the monk who invented champagne. Mm. Right, I didn't know this. So they're making wine. Mm. And he's blind, right? Mm-hmm. So he has the system set out. Like any good blind monk would, okay. where he, you know, they ferment it and they bottle it and right. blah blah blah. Well, somehow he had a batch that he accidentally fermented twice, mm. and so he's blind. He doesn't know any better. Yeah, he takes a drink, and apparently his the the famous words were, "I have just tasted the stars." <laughs> wow, champagne. Wow, yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. No, so that's that, that's, that's probably what tasting Nutella for the first time was like. <sighs> Nutella is delicious. That oh, a delicious, it's, delicious thing. I could eat a jar of it in one sitting. Yeah. Anyway, thank you, um, Ben Espin, for that illuminating post. Yeah. The, uh, there's 60... Uh, wait, sorry. There's uh, 46 more um, interesting 
things about that that article that you can look up if you go to podcast at Jolomit. <laughs> uh, you can, yeah. Ooh, there, there, there actually ooh. are, um, there, there are seriously a bunch more that we can't even talk about because we don't have time, but they are <laughs> awesome. And you should go check that article out and you can see the link on podcast.jolomit.com. But we're going to move on now. And we're going to move on to the second link that's really cool. Um, this is great. This is um, <laughs> posted by Razorback as, you know, we should expect by now because Razorback posts great things and it's hard to not pick him every week as it's something that's really interesting to to talk about Uh, this one is of course Bill Murray Um, Bill Murray you know as is expected of him at this point he's always popping up all over the grid he's always all over the place doing these awesome things yep and in this situation uh, a group of guys found out that Bill Murray happened to be dining in the same place that they were during a time where they're doing a bachelor party for their best buddy and uh, they you know one of you know one of these guys had to be pretty had to have some stones because he wholeness. yeah he had to go up he had to go like ask Bill Murray to come and say a couple words he probably had some liquid courage before I'm sure he did but the, you know I would I'd have a little hard time I mean I'm a co-founder of Gentleman but <laughs> I would have a hard time you know approaching Bill Murray and asking to come say some words anyway apparently Bill Murray at first kind of rebuffed him and said you know no I'm just I'm enjoying my dinner and I'm not gonna blow up yeah. and I, after I think it, maybe the second time they came up and said please come talk to us you know whatever just give us some advice on oh, oh, oh Wes Anderson's in the other room yeah seriously he, uh, he wants to see <laughs> you Bill yeah. <laughs> uh, but how cool is it that Bill Murray's just having a dinner yep. these guys come and ask him he says sure I'll come over and, and talk to you guys um it's to, to awesome effect. I mean, yeah, the speech is great. Yeah, the speech, uh, Bill. You know, kind of in his. <laughs> it's funny. Like you can always tell. He, he there's like a template he has. Right. But it's amazing every time. It yeah. never gets. It yeah, never yeah. gets tired. Yeah. But he talks about how bachelor parties, like like funerals, like like a funeral is isn't for the for the dead. It's for the living. Exactly. Said, the bachelor party is not for the guy getting married. It's for everybody else. Yep. Yeah. Um, because that guy is already long gone. Oh, He's already yeah. dead. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And so anyway, he just kind of goes on this whole spiel. And, yeah. Um, it's pretty great. And then at the very end, it's he goes. Uh, let's uh, all right, all right. Now, now he's got the everybody puffed up. He's like, let's mm-hmm. let's hoist this guy up on his shoulders. Come on, come on. And then yeah. like start to hoist him up, and he like ducks out of the back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you have someone that you think is the one, <laughs> shit. Don't do. Don't just sort of think in a, your ordinary mind and think, okay, let's let's make a date, let's plan this, and make a party and get married. Take that person and travel around the world. Buy a plane ticket for the two of you to travel all around the world and go to places that are hard to go to and hard to get out of. And if when you come back to JFK, when you land in JFK and you're still in love with that person, get married at the airport. Yeah, which is interesting, it's kind of insightful advice, and you kind of wonder: Did he come up with this like on the spot? Is this like his off-the-cuff advice, or had he like he sa- he starts out by saying, "I have some experience in this," you yeah, know? yeah, and saying like maybe he's like alluding to the fact that he might have married the wrong girl, or you know, whatever. So maybe he didn't fly around the world with her. Well, apparently that's what he was. That's what he was getting at. So. I, I I don't know, man. I think that's good advice. It I've is. traveled with my wife many times, yeah. and I love her dearly. But yeah. there are times where. It yeah. brings out the worst. I mean, oh. brings out the worst in people when you get into tough situations. Yeah, things get hard. You know, that, yeah. that's that's the hardest thing is to to everything's great. You know, hunky dory. You know, all the time, and that's cool. And then, but when you get into a hard situation, how's that yep. person going to be? You right. know, um, so right. and and I should I should also say because she will listen to us at some point, and so I 
Well, maybe she will. But anyway, yeah. well, you're always well, telling me how you know how, how good, how amazing Lynn is. Yeah, that's what that's what uh-huh. you know tough situations. So. Right. So I uh, so I'm just I'm just gonna say she probably had moments where she wanted to kill me as well. Oh, oh yeah, I was gonna it's say two way street. As far as I mean, Lynn handles bad situations really well, but Glenn, right. not so much. No. Um, no. So yeah, I'm kind of. So maybe it's good that Bill Murray didn't like talk to Lynn before you got married. <laughs> don't don't do it. Yeah, run away. This guy. <laughs> this guy. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. So Bill Murray, you know, typically as he does, shows up and just says some awesome stuff, and then he's like, "I'm out." Yep. So kind of kind of what we expect from Bill exactly. Murray, exactly. Which is really cool. I mean, he does people's dishes. You know. Yeah. He the, gives speeches. The, was that the, was that last week that we went over? No, we talked about a couple that. weeks ago, episode four or something oh, like that. Okay, okay. okay. I, I, I don't quote me on that. I think it was episode four. We talked about how he, um, he, he somebody invited him to like a house party, yep. like a teenager's high, house party or something, and then he was like, he showed up, and then he was like doing dishes in the morning when they woke up at their house. <laughs> and, you know, you never know when Bill Murray's going to pop in and do something cool. So that's pretty awesome. This, Bill Bill Murray. This this next post, Brian. Mm-hmm. I I I watched. It's an animated GIF, right? Mm-hmm. Well, let me just let me just mm-hmm. let me just say what it is. So this past week, the the, the some of the hubbub around the old internet's was uh, the opening pitch thrown out by the um, rapper Fifty Cent. Yeah, yeah. And our boy Fifty. Um, yeah. He uh, well, well, I should explain the actual. So, and the actual event was he threw the opening pitch, and it was like, it was horrific. It was a bad pitch. It's like he aimed straight, and the ball ended up like at a forty-five degree angle, maybe worse, maybe sixty. I don't. If you look at the picture, you can almost see the windup as being. It, his his hand is pointed the opposite direction of the plate. You can see something <laughs> going wrong even as the pitch is being delivered. Um, I should add that this is actually this was added by uh, our buddy Matt Lockhart. Sorry, who, Matt. Yes, I yeah. should set that up. Um, so, uh, obviously, another another guy that continually posts really good stuff that we always talk about on the podcast, but it's hard to not talk about the stuff when it's really good. So, um, thanks, Matt, for posting this. Um, but, yeah, the uh, the pitch, uh, I don't know if anybody's not seen this, but if you, if you haven't, you need to uh, go to YouTube, look up 50 Cent Throws a Pitch, and... Um, Look at the pitch. It's pretty uh, self-explanatory. Um, I don't. I, I can't imagine anyone on the planet throwing a worse pitch um, in a in, in any situation. Well, I, that's just the thing, right? Well, okay, so that yeah. Sorry, I, I stomped all over that. No, Brian. no, no, you, no, no. You, you're setting it up perfectly. No, no, no. I just, I, I, you know, you're right. You're right. No, no, no. But it's Go. just the thing. Like the yeah. the, the the only person who might throw. throw. You would uh, think, right? Would think would throw yeah. an awful pitch. Yes, up somebody who's blind, right? Because they can't see. They How can they throw up? Where's pitch? the home plate? They don't yeah, know. They have no idea. He just point me the direction of the home plate. I'm just going to throw it. Yeah, exactly. But you can't point him in any direction because he can't see anything. Right. Right. So there, this this post by Matt actually is an animated GIF, which usually we kind of yeah. We, I, I wouldn't say we frown upon it, but it's not you know yeah. But this one's this one's priceless. This is good. Yeah. So he. The first part is uh, shows a, <laughs> a, a an actual blind a kid. blind kid throwing a throwing a pitch in a in a major league game. Yep. And, uh, an I opening don't pitch. We, yeah. we don't know we don't know what this, the scenario behind this is, but this kid is blind and he 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 walks up to the plate and he stops and he delivers a you know a good pitch, perfect right on pitch down you know? the middle. Um, you know, clearly prepared for it and everything like that, but. <laughs> 
the, the you know he's he's a you he can't see anything and he is able to deliver a pitch to the catcher you know from you know from the normal distance and everything like that they compare that with 50 cent um <laughs> trying attempting to do the same thing with with both, eyes with eyes yeah. and who can see right and yet somehow 50 cent uh throws the ball so far off course i mean i i can't even describe how far off course this it goes. almost hit the camera guy yeah like the camera guy standing at a safe yards distance. away yeah. from the plate safe distance because there's no way anyone's going to throw a pitch off that far yeah, I, I I was thinking about this earlier. I was trying to put like kind of mentally, you know, how do I how do I describe how bad this pitch was? And you just really can't. You just have to watch it. And but Here's I also the, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say I, I loved fifties fifty fifty. Yeah, I don't know ha- half dollars um, uh, expression. Like <laughs> the, the, the look that yeah, that he like, gives is just like huh. And it's like yeah. this funny smile that it kind of cracks me up too. So <laughs> well. Here's the thing. Air. Okay, so historically they have these people that throw out the first pitch on, you know, on stuff, and they have like presidents, you know, war veterans, war veterans. How do we get to Fifty Cent throwing out the first pitch? I mean, he's been shot several times. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So maybe that's I don't know. Maybe that's not much so much of a stretch. But you know, even presidents, like, yeah, you know, ve- that's true. Advanced years presidents mm-hmm. can throw a pitch that will. You know, I dare say that I could throw a decent pitch. Uh, yeah, I saw one. I saw one video of like this, like ninety plus old war veteran, like World War Two veteran. <laughs> yeah, and he like you know, I mean, he's an old guy, and he right. still managed to you know at least get it in a straight line. It didn't kind of dribble in front of the plate a little bit. But this I mean, was like twenty feet off. I mean, <laughs> uh, it probably was. seriously. Like, seriously, it looks like it's about twenty feet off, and I. I, I haven't read the story behind this, but apparently, like, he's never thrown a pitch before. You know? You think? Which, I mean, I don't know. Like, I just, I guess I always think about, you know, growing up in America as a, a yeah, boy. Yeah, right. You know, you, like, you play baseball. baseball. That's what boys do. Like, they play baseball, you know? But, I mean, I guess if, if there was some other sport that it was a game, maybe he never played baseball. It's interesting that... Actually, was it what? But soccer is actually yeah. overtaking baseball mm-hmm. in uh, youth. Is it baseball or is it football? Probably baseball in youth. Um, some some demographic like uh, preference. Like if you if you could watch, I can't remember how the study was set up, but basically, it's more popular with kids now than, yeah. than baseball. Well, my thing was always okay. So the first little league game that I was ever in. Mm-hmm. I played, you know, little league. I was okay. a normal kid. Coach pitch. My or? parents. No, no, no. This was like oh, kid pitch. I'm getting to that. Oh, sorry. Uh, my parents. You know, like my mom. She was really like adamant about. I, I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to go play baseball. Mm. But she was like, you got. You're an American boy. You got to go play <laughs> baseball. You know. She's like, you have to go. And so I, I'm gonna get you go. So I did. And so I went and I played. You know, I played. And the first game, the first time I walked up to the the plate. I got beamed right what? behind the elbow, like right here. I got hit by the pitcher. You charged the mound? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Throw it on the I bat? Was, he, I, I was crowding the plate, you know. <laughs> but no, 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 no. I, I got hit, and, and I... That was that was that was hard to overcome as a you know as a kid you that's what you remember every yeah. time you go up to the plate then so yeah. I was never I, after that I was never a good you know baseball player because I mean I'm not trying poor craftsman blames his tools 
But you know, <laughs> my bad, guys. Yeah, it's just, you know, it was hard to, to hard to overcome that. And then I was from then on, I was kind of like always had this a little gun shy, a little a little fear of getting beaned by the wall because it was you know I got hit by a ball. You know, I mean, ten ten year olds don't really have like what you call control. I was like seventeen, but you know, oh. uh, really, <laughs> no, <I'm> okay. <laughs> See, you looked at it was pretty yeah, yeah, I was, uh, convincing. No, I was probably nine or ten. Yeah. I don't remember how old I was, but um, yeah. So that, I was always a little bit gun shy about that. So I could see how you would want to latch on to something like soccer, where you're probably not. I mean, unless you're a goalie, you're not going to get hit in the face with a ball or something, right? You know, and it, yeah, and it's you know, yeah. I I I had a I played. I wasn't very good at baseball, but I like playing yeah. it. But I I think I just like swung at everything that went across the plate. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. That, that I had a bunch of buddies. Like, I only played for, I think, maybe one or two years. I can't remember. It was one or two years. And then, I think it was maybe two years. And then, my buddies that, that played, they stayed with it past that second year. Mm-hmm. And they were like, everybody got way better at it after mm-hmm. that second year. Like, every like when you're you know that young, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. But then, everybody that stuck with it got way better. So, they, they were just, you know, the moral of the story is basically, like, if you've got kids that are struggling with them, you know, help them to stick with it. And, you know, you, you might get some more self-confidence from, you know, sticking through that a little bit longer and getting a little bit better at it. And if I would have stuck with it, I probably would have gotten better at it. But, um, you know, getting getting hit by the ball was, was uh, you know, yeah not a good selling point for me sticking with baseball. So. No. Anyway, 50 Cent. Uh, didn't have that same experience apparently because he can't throw a ball to save his life. Uh, the way, I was trying to explain this to somebody what it looked like, mm-hmm. and it looks like he's like, "All right, you're gonna throw the first pitch," and he's like, "No, no, no, no!" Like somebody was like, "No, no, you have to throw it with your non-dominant hand," <laughs> and you, you know, like, like if you ever tried to throw like a baseball, well, you, you're ready. Oh, yeah, yeah. So like, try to throw it with your left hand. Yeah, it looked, it's kind of looked like that's, that's what, what happened, like. but yeah. worse. Yeah, but worse because I could still, I feel like I could still with my left hand throw a, a ball. It's like on course, right? Because I've thrown a baseball enough in my life, I could. Yeah, I yeah. Or, or you know, I've thrown rocks or yeah, or other any, things, other objects, any other object, right? A football or <laughs> yeah, I don't know, a gun. Yeah, like, seriously. In this case, uh, uh, okay, a dart, a know? dart, right? Yeah. Uh, okay, Plate. so Fifty Cent is. I, I don't know if that was just a nerves thing or what, but he can't throw baseballs. So I don't know if he ever rears back and is going to throw something at you. You don't have to worry about it. So, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Here we get in a bar fight with 50 Ooh. Cent. Nothing to worry about. No. Uh, um, okay. So, uh, next link. Uh, we're going to talk about, this is the, uh, uh, this is an interesting link. This, and this is provided by Tin Man. Um, I don't know why Tin Man, why does Tin Man have several digits after his name? I don't know. We'll have to ask Tin Man someday. Um, that might be a zip code. <laughs> uh, it could be I don't know Ten Man nine seven zero three zero. So we don't have ninety seven thousand Ten Mans on gentlemen. So I'd assume that that's some kind of novel uh, thing. Ninety seven thousand twenty nines taken. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, so, but anyway, this is the one and only Ten Man that we know and love, um, and he provides a link to us about the E Cool, um, which is a earth cooled beer um, container. And I guess it could be it could be beer, it could be soft drinks, it could be whatever. Right. Um, but the point of this thing is that what it does is you hey, like you're out working in the garden, you know, you're out mowing your lawn. The 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 real drag about this thing is that you have to get up 
you have to walk, you know, sometimes 20, sometimes 30, maybe 40 feet. To it's, go. A long, it's a long way. It's a long ways. You, you have to stop what you're doing, and you have to get up, and you have to go get a beer. You know, because yep. you're out of beer at some point, you know. Like, mm-hmm. unless you're, you know, unless you're a slow drinker, which, you know, I, I, I can't even speak to that crowd. So, <laughs> what, what, what I'm saying is, like, eventually you're going to run out of beer. You're going to want to go to a cooler. You're going to want to get your beer. This thing is a, a earth-cooled beer cooler in your yard that you plant in your yard much like a tree right but it serves you beer right i i, I don't know how well this would work like in kansas i don't know how it worked in kansas either okay so the, the how the, far does it go down uh, uh about three and a half feet yeah okay so the idea is that there's this it, it uses the earth's natural temperature to cool the beverage sure and so you dig a hole uh-huh. and apparently it says installation is as easy as digging the hole for the actual cooler itself so um you dig a hole it's three and a half feet long okay and you put this thing in there and apparently the uh earth's natural cooler temperature will keep the beer or soft drink at a lower temperature that you can then enjoy um, by cranking one of the beers out of the enclosure. I, see, I'm not... I don't know. I'm not sold on this because it still it still feels like, like a hot summer day here. You know, mm-hmm. it gets in the mid-90s, mm-hmm. maybe even upper 90s. Yeah, so what's, is, the, what's the... Yeah, three, feet, three and a half feet down, how much cooler is it going to be? Right. Am I looking at like an 80-degree beer? Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that could be dicey. If I want a beer in the summer, it's going to be cold. <laughs> it's gonna right? Be That's the allure. Cold. It's going to be ice cold. Oh, drink. man. Yeah. And this is not ice cold. This is like earth cold. But also. Okay. Sorry. No, sorry. Another another flaw. This is $350. Bucks. $350. It's um, a lot of money. Yeah. Why don't I just dig a hole? And put the beers in it? Yeah. yeah and then dig it up later and dig the beers up. I mean, that's the little... <laughs> just blow it off. It's kind of... T- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it's a little time-consuming and maybe a little bit cumbersome. Or I can yeah. just put them in the fridge like I normally do and walk the 20 feet to my house. But... but yeah. I, I mean... I like the concept. Here's a, there's, a, there's a novelty to it, though. I mean, if you're, you're sitting on a hammock with your buddies or whatever and just be like, here's my you know beer crank... And I actually just noticed that the top of it looks like a, a, a cap on a bottle. Oh, I didn't yeah. even notice that. Yeah, so... Um, Clever. I would I would think about this because, uh, you know, with a large... You really would? With a large, like, lawn, I would, you know, put that in the center of the lawn, and then, you know, instead of having to walk all the way in, grab a beer out of the fridge... You just got one right there. My question is, okay, what's the shelf life on this deal? Because, ah. you know what I mean? Like, you're burying beers in the ground. Mm-hmm. What about pests? What about, like, you know, rats eh. with a, you know, <laughs> with a penchant for alcohol? Hey, is that some PBR? Yeah, seriously. What's that doing down here? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. You know? Moles. Yeah. <laughs> I show up, there's some drunk rats all around the place. You know? What am I going to do? Well, you know, I, I don't know, Brian. Um, $350 I, is steep. I, I feel like... I could probably build something like this for. In my parents, my parents have a oh Jesus, like a hundred and twenty year old house, hundred twenty five year old house. Yeah, and there's actually they have in the basement. There is actually a cellar, like mm-hmm. a little, um, or not a. It's a. It's just like this, like concrete trough, where basically they used to put. Food, food. Oh, food, keep it cool. Yeah, yeah because they didn't have air conditioning right. back then, and so yeah, and. I've been down there in the summer, mm-hmm. and while it is cooler, way cooler, <laughs> it's like, Still you know, yeah. I mean, and, and this is, I don't know how, how that translates, like, there's no, it's not like surrounded by soil or anything, but this mm-hmm. is, you know, 
eight, ten feet underneath the soil. Yeah. yeah. They do. In, they, yeah. they do give a disclaimer that it says that it depends on this the season and the situation. Beer may not be cold. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So probably not worth the three hundred fifty dollars, but well, it's a cool idea. I mean, I, you you have just purchased a new home with a big true. yard. It's true. Um, would you and, would you consider this? I, I I was as soon as I saw it, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I could I could get my nanny, you know, because I you know with a big yard, yeah. And we're gonna get into my home purchase. Um, oh, okay, maybe in next episode. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're gonna dive into. All that. right, that's all we're gonna talk about today, yeah, folks. Right, right. We're yeah, uh, teaser. Said, yeah, it's a little teaser. It's a hook. I I, I did actually just purchase a new home, mm-hmm. so the fortress will be moving locations. Bittersweet. But, yeah, it is bittersweet. But I'm gonna get into that in a, in a future episode. Okay. We're gonna talk all about that. So. Um, anyway, the e-cooler. So, interesting. $350 seems a little bit pricey. I don't think they'll be purchasing it. But <laughs> Yeah, me neither. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, a very lively week this week. It was, it was a good week. week. Yeah, there, there were some stuff. things we had to omit because of time constraints, but um, good stuff. Good stuff this week. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, next thing we're going to do, um, as we always do, is get into the toast, the gentleman toast this week. Um... And this is a interesting toast, Glenn, because I want to tell you that on Gentlemen, we have, you know, what we've learned from the start mm-hmm. is that there is a range of things that people see as manly. Yes. You know, it could be, you know, uh, somebody something that somebody thinks is really manly, mm-hmm. the next person says no. That's, nope. that's not manly at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is one of and those is it our job? Is it our job? Right. To define this? No. No, I don't think it is. No, but what I but what we want to do is draw attention to um, interesting figures, interesting you know toastable manly figures, right? And this is gonna this is this is a little bit different than some people might say, like mm-hmm. what what your vision of manly is. Um, and this this toast is going out to an unlikely unlikely character mm-hmm. that some people would never think of as a manly character, but. Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers. Yeah. Um, Fred McFeely Rogers. Fred McFeely Rogers. Uh, Mr. Rogers is a guy that everybody that's listening to this should be familiar with. Um, If you're not, you should be ashamed of yourself. Exactly. So here's the thing with this guy. Um, His whole life, Mm -hmm. it was dedicated to working with children, educating children, you know, and his his thing is just about like you know in a lot of kids' lives these days that you know they don't get all the education that they need from you know maybe their house or their situation or maybe something's hard in their life and they can't deal with it. And he was there to try to help them kind of through that situation. That was what he based his whole life on. Is it sad that the only thing that I really remember from the show is the fact that the guy would come home? Right. Yeah. And change jackets. Yeah. He would put on a different sweater. and shoes. Yeah. So yeah. right? Was it shoes? I don't know. I think I know he's, he like changed the jacket or whatever. Um, yeah. and, I, and I just always like that just boggled my mind as a little kid. Like, yeah. Why is why is he changing his jacket? Why does he have to wear another jacket once he's inside the house? Is the yes. house cold? Right. The sweater vest. What's the deal with the yeah the red sweater? Mm-hmm. The iconic, mm-hmm. which you know once you know a few years ago came back. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, the guy's first... Okay, so, you know, he, he he spent his whole life doing... He started out in, like, Canadian public television doing a, t- a children's show. And he became so... He started... He, he had trained to be a preacher. And he went away from that. And then he went into 
public television because he was just he felt like that was a really great vehicle to kind of influence mm-hmm. kids' lives. Uh, so he did the Canadian TV show and then later the public broadcasting show. But for me, like the 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 moment that I really thought that this guy was you know a really impressive guy was um, I watched his Senate testimony where in the '60s um, basically there was this push um, to reduce public broadcasting's um, allotted, you know, government funding. Right. And um, he, he did a, he had a, like about a six minute testimony in front of uh, Congress to, to talk about, you know, why his, you know, why doing public television for kids is important. Right. Um, and, you know, when you watch the video, it, it's really impressive because um, he's in front of this senator that's like, you know, he's like kind of like the hard senator that's like, you know, very <laughs> cynical and like known for being like short tempered and like, you know, like an iron fist guy or whatever. And it's Mr. Rogers and it's like Mr. Rogers versus the senator, you know, mm-hmm. and he shows up and, you know, and Mr. Rogers isn't phased by it, but at all, like he just lays and he just does his thing, you know, and he's himself. He's not trying to hide anything. He's just like, you know. Being the normal Mr. Rogers, he's like, "Hey, hello, and I'm Mr. Rogers." And, you know, and <laughs> you may have seen me. Yeah, well, he, and the, apparently the guy is not familiar with his work at all. Oh. You know, so he had no idea who this guy was, and it's just him. And he just says, "You know, let me tell you about some of the things that I talked to my kids about. I talked to I talked to them about love, and you know, like how they how, how they should feel about being angry and stuff like this." And so you watch this senator like going from being like a complete like you know. Hard, hard guy, you know. Until mm-hmm. like at the end of it, he just crumbles, and he's just like, he's like, you, you just gave me goosebumps when you were talking about this stuff, and like you, you know, you convinced me that that twenty million dollars, you guys should have it, you know. Um, so it's really impressive to see, and you know, there's people that are laughing at him while he's trying to give the speech and everything really? like that. Yeah, there's people that are like laughing when he sit when he responds to some of the questions. Huh. He's not phased by it at all. He's just sitting there being himself, being you know, Mister sure. Rogers, and and you know. I, how, how cool is that? That somebody can just be themselves, and you know, you know how Mister Rogers is. You know, you yeah. see him as kind of like the, you know, like the children's the, the children's guy. You know, and but he's being tough and like you know, actually standing up for what he believed in. It was really cool to see, huh. and cool to see a politician that appreciated it and was strong enough to change his acknowledge position it. on it. Yeah, and, and acknowledge the fact that you know. So when he when he came in, did he take off his jacket and? Then- <laughs> no. Put on the vest. No, no, no. Was, Hello, he friends. was in a full-on suit, and he was sitting there giving this testimony and stuff like that. It was really cool. Usually, I take off my shoes at this point. Yeah, I'll but, but we'll that. do that. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but they, I, I guess also, uh, Mr. Rogers was he gave testimony in that uh, was very key in the lawsuit over VCRs, um, right? Because apparently, he was one of the people that was from a broadcasting corporation that actually testified in favor of VCRs saying that it was okay with him that people would maybe record shows and watch them with their family when they wanted to watch them you know, right. as, as opposed to being watched on demand. So, right. Um, think about a world without VCRs which then turned into you know DVD yeah. players which then turned into you right. know, basically everything else that we have now. Yeah. yeah. Shareable like yeah. on demand content. Yeah. I don't know. I, the thing I liked about Mr. Rogers uh, that I didn't know was that he never took on any endorsements ever. Okay, like while he was while he was filming the show. Yeah, because Mr. Rogers can't 
you know, endorse some toothpaste or okay. bubble yeah. gum, you know, and be Mr. Rogers. And, and that was like the thing back in the day. Right. Like oh, the, yeah. The product placement and doing the, the show. Yeah. <laughs> Lucky strike. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. Seriously. Hey, kids. Yeah. When you're at the playground. Yeah. So. <laughs> get a pack of Lucky Strike. Anyway. So, yeah. yeah. Mr. Rogers, um, I think he's an incredibly manly figure. Just, you know, basing his whole life on trying to educate kids and being there to help them through difficult times. Pretty. Yeah. Pretty interesting life and, and totally dedicated throughout his life. Um, so, thirty, I think 33, 34 years that he spent on public television doing yeah, that. Yeah, it, it was a so, while. Um, pretty impressive. He's kind of, to me, he's kind of in the same vein as Bob Ross. Yeah, definitely. Public television, yeah. you know, kind of not not the, the, the run-of-the-mill, like, exactly. you know, kind of out there in their own yeah. way, but still... Yeah. That's kind of what makes it awesome, and yeah, definitely. I, I appreciate those kind of guys. Yeah. They just kind of do what they do. What they do, mm-hmm. they do what they're made to do, and yeah, um, they do it well. Exactly. So, cheers to uh, Mr. Rogers. Cheers, Mr. Rogers. That's right, Fred. Being brave enough to look after a kid's best interests <sighs> for your whole life—that's cool. Okay, what, so what's the name of this drink? Danger uh, Mule. Brave Bull. Brave, Brave Bull. Danger Mule. Yeah. Danger Mule. Yeah, it could be. Um, it's, uh, it's getting stout towards the bottom. Yeah. Kind of syrupy. It's a little, okay. <sighs> yeah, it's a little <clears throat> different uh, towards the end of the drink. Um, <laughs> Without the ice. Exactly. Ice. Yeah. Um, okay, so next we have the uh, hot button topic. Hot button <laughs> topic. Uh, this is the topic where we um, break down an interesting, like, riveting uh Topic that that's very um, oh man you know controversial. It's, it's gripping. It's it gripping society. And yeah. actually, today we had this is actually a game time decision. Mm-hmm. We have two topics to choose from. Yeah. And so, Brian, which topic are we going to talk about? Uh, we're going to go with the uh, Steve Ballmer purchases the Clippers. That's right. Yeah. Steve Ballmer, mm-hmm. former Microsoft CEO. So there, th- you know, there's two there's two aspects to this story. Right. There's the whole uh, Donald Sterling thing that's swirling around everything. And then the fact that there's Steve <laughs> Ballmer that jumps in and offers $2 billion for the Clippers. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. Where do we begin? <clears throat> yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I, like, I want to start with Steve Ballmer offer, offering $2 billion for a franchise that, you know, I was telling you earlier, the Milwaukee Bucks sold this year for $550 million. Right. Um, $2 billion is like a wow. That's Four times the amount of money that the Milwaukee Bucks right sell for, so which um, I think I mean if you think about it, you know you're I think saying the, the demo, like the market the like L A versus like Milwaukee that. is a little yeah. different, and I get that, but at the same time, like four times, and it, the, even Steve Ballmer acknowledges that that's like a really high offer. Like that's I, so how do you get two billion dollars to just did Steve Ballmer make this money from Microsoft? I don't know if. I don't know if it was a if it's just him or if it's him. Was it like Bill? Hey, Bill. Look. Yeah, I don't know. Look, we've we've been through a lot together. (laughs) Yeah. Let's give it one more go. Yeah. On different venue. L.A. Clippers. Yeah. I don't know, but and and Steve Ballmer's apparently bid on like three other franchises or something. Right. He's been wanting an NBA team for a long time. I think he goes to lots of games and stuff like that. I think he's a big fan. Yeah. So it's kind of cool. I I kind of liken liken him to like a. I don't know. Uh, he's he's he kind of like 
strikes me as like a Mark Cuban type. Yeah. But more, but less savvy. <laughs> yeah. I, that's, I, Steve I Ballmer's know. always been the guy that's just been a little bit uncool. You know? He just, well, I don't even think it's, to me it's not even uncool. It's that he just always manages to put his foot in his mouth. Yeah. And so, yeah. I mean, I think of Mark Cuban, who yeah. who definitely speaks his opinion. Yeah. But the dude just backs it up time and time yeah. again, and he doesn't care what you think. Whereas yeah. Steve Ballmer kind of, yeah, I don't know. I'm it's still so reeling with the fact that he paid two billion dollars, and he had two billion dollars to pay. Now maybe maybe this is like a like a investment thing where there's it, more than one parties. But I don't know the financial details behind it. But it's I know that some of the other people that bid on it had groups of investors that yep. all piled in their money yeah. to go in on it. I don't know if you could convince somebody though to to come up with a two billion dollar investment on a NBA I mean that's a lot of money you know I don't know I don't understand how uh, that le- number is like Donald Sterling a different language to so me. as soon as this all happened like Donald Sterling sued the NBA for one billion dollars he didn't even Man. sue him for two billion he was like one billion's good you know I mean even though this guy's <laughs> paying two billion I'm like okay one billion's probably fine you know that's on crazy. what grounds? The fact that he was—I I think on the fact that he, you know, he I, was, I un, this was unfairly happening. like pushed out of the league. I, I don't know. I don't know why he's suing him. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, isn't that written into like? It's whatever. A, I, I don't know. I don't care. These these things. <laughs> somebody like somebody in the article. I think one of the attorneys in the article was actually quoted as saying, "I'm going to have to look into the legalities of him suing the like." It was basically like him suing himself because they were selling the. They were like selling the thing. You know what I'm saying? So his, we're not sure who's being yeah, sued <laughs> because he he was because because they're selling the team. Like, literally, like Donald Donald right. Sterling is selling the team, and he's also suing the NBA for buying for selling the team. <laughs> but he's selling the team, so he's basically suing himself. Sort huh. of. I, I don't know. It's, that's either like. That, that may be the most ingenious loophole ever. <laughs> the attorney was like, I don't know. I'm going to have to look into this. I, this <laughs> guys, I've been think. up since like four trying yeah. to figure this thing out. <laughs> Seriously. So I, I, that in itself is a uh, controversy right there. So, Well, um, I, you know what? I don't, I don't want to judge anybody, but yeah. I think that sale is probably a good thing. Well, you know, you uh, you just can't be a dumbass. Yeah, like you that. can't. It, it, you're you're the leader of an organization, and you can't be an idiot. No know? matter what you think. Yeah, you, you, you. It's a free country. You can think whatever you want. I That's think, the beauty of the country. But you can't. I, I mean, I felt like he was baited. Yeah, I you think, know. I think a lot of times, though, these guys, you know, when you're in that position, that's of true. Ultimate wealth. You know, you're the yep. you're in charge of this team and everything like that. You can say whatever you want. You can do whatever you want, right? Until you can't. You know, right? And I, it's yeah, yeah. I, it, it's a situation where you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the dynamics of everything are because there's a lot of things that went in this whole deal where somebody's recording him and writing right. him and all this stuff. But well, the thing the thing is, I mean, we were kind of talking about this before the show. That the thing is, is that while he was being baited and recorded, he also had a past history yeah. of pretty much being a racist and, well, and then also like and then he went on Anderson Cooper mm-hmm. and, and that was the bizarre he cool basically thing. confirmed to everyone that he was racist and and pretty weird. ignorant yeah. and weird and I mean calling out Magic Johnson right I mean like what I think his quote was like what did Magic Johnson ever do like right. a whole lot actually yeah. I yeah. mean a ton of stuff you know <laughs> where should I start like right you know I mean so 
there kind of confirms is I mean I don't know this is like another example of a, a team owner that is just insane well I mean maybe he's not insane but the, the fact this even happened is insane but the, the Colts owner have you heard about this hmm. really okay is his name Jim Ursay I think I that's his remember. name yeah uh, I'm a little sketching the details, but basically, a girl died in one of the houses that he owns. Oh yeah, but she had like drugs. But he was also pulled over with like twenty thousand dollars in cash <laughs> and a bunch of prescription medication and like yeah. all this stuff. Yeah, and but nothing's happening. Yeah. So like a girl dies yeah. under his watch, basically, and yeah. they had something going on. Mm-hmm. It's just the most bizarre thing, and he's like, "Eh," and he never apologized for it. Yeah, it was this, never like. This reminds me of. A, I read I read the story recently on CNN about this guy that he was he he got a seventh DUI, <laughs> and during his seventh DUI, he he was arrested for the DUI because he tried to outrun the police. He went on a high speed chase. <laughs> oh, okay, not on foot. Yeah, no high speed <laughs> chase in a Ferrari or something. Oh, where he actually. Um, he let like so he had met some girl at the bar he was at drinking and he went on this high speed chase and she was like freaking out because she'd never met this guy before and she was on a high speed chase all of a sudden so as a nice guy he slowed down a little bit and let her jump out of the vehicle while he went on in pursuit with the high speed chase now that is chivalry now but he basically got um probation was his penalty he's never been in jail and it's because he owns some tech tech company and he's a very wealthy guy, and he employs a bunch of people. And the argument is, um, these people would suffer if he was put in jail. But this is his seventh DUI. Man, that's not so, that's not cool. I, I don't get, know. Why not just force a sale, a la Donald Sterling? Well, there you go. That's that's kind of interesting in real life situation where no one can force him to sell his company, and yet the public, you know, kind of takes it. I mean. Uh, so uh, that's ridiculous. It is seven DUIs, and clearly he hasn't learned his lesson because he's going on a high speed chase with police officers. This is in, uh, I think, outside of Seattle, Washington. Actually, uh, strangely enough, because Steve Ballmer's probably around Seattle. Washington. <laughs> um, his name was Steve Ballmer. Yeah, no. Um, but so <laughs> interesting. I don't know. I don't know the whole laws and wealthy people and what they can say and what they can't say. A lot of stuff. Lots yeah, of about. it's a whole different. I'm yeah. glad I don't have to worry about that distraction of pant loads of money. Yeah, <laughs> having having pant loads of money. That yeah, if I get a DUI, I'm going straight to the slammer. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, this this it's time for the the final segment, Glenn. Yep. This is the uh, the segment that most people tune out on. Most people, as as our statistics have shown us, our drop off rate our drop off rate is huge by this point because we've already we've already dealt with the hot button issue. We've already dealt with the gentleman topic. We've already pissed everybody off. We've already point. made everybody angry. Now we're going to talk about the questions from the gentleman mailbag. Okay. So uh, the first question is a is a pretty it's a it's an inter- it's pretty open ended question. Okay. If you could breed two animals together to create a new super animal. Mm-hmm. What would that animal be? I think I'm going to go with um, a leopard okay, and a jackalope. <laughs> leopard and a jackalope? Yeah. Wow. Now, okay. I don't know how you get them to mate, right? Mm. Like, I don't know well, how this works. The physics seem a little funny. I have an idea. Okay. Ooh. In this regard. Um, on that 65 or uh, 100 interesting facts? Was it 60, uh, 65. 65. 65. Yeah. Okay. One of the facts was that 
Wildlife researchers use Calvin Klein's obsession yes. to attract them to the camera. So you could use I learned that too. So you could use a jackalope, you could put some obsession on the jackalope and then put that with a cheetah. Same contain like you know, same area. And then just see what happens. Put a little obsession on there. I'm, That's what I'm saying. I'm oh man. I don't know what's funnier is the fact that, that clo- like the commercials for the clone are like obsession yeah. for men. Yeah. And yeah. like some dude is like sulking at the camera and some woman <laughs> yeah, is like yeah. wearing nothing. And right, like, right. And she's like, oh. And in reality, the, the biggest usage is the fact that it's used to film like attract wildlife. wildlife. <laughs> yeah. So right now, like, we've got some jackalope out of here so yeah. we're going to whip out some obsession. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Put some on the ground here. <laughs> get some snakes. Oh, it's awful. Yeah. Ew, get away from it. <laughs> uh, yeah, get some snakes. Yeah, no... Oh. So maybe you could get that. Right, get some obsession. Have, just like dab a little behind the ear. <laughs> no, I'm not trying to mate with them. No, I'm saying the jackalope. Put a little bit on the jackalope. Oh, we here. jackalopes here. Right. Yeah. I have right to catch one first. Yeah. They're they're notoriously difficult to. And I don't really want to touch a leopard. Uh, yeah. This is gonna be tricky. Yeah. That'll, that'll be difficult to pull off. See, but assuming you could pull it off. I've always, I always, I've always heard that jackalope are attracted to a combination of beer and baloney. Okay. Our bourbon and bologna. Bourbon me. and bologna. Okay. Uh, so maybe so, I'll make that uh, mash. So first if you could, and yeah, then... maybe you could make a cologne like obsession out of <laughs> bourbon and bologna, <laughs> and then dab that behind the ear of the cheetah, and then the the you know the obsession on the jackalope. It could be like a perfect a perfect match. You know. I love how nobody's listening at this point. Yeah. You know, to the podcast. Right. And we're. Yeah. I'm just saying. <sighs> I think those two things could. Wow, the best usage for Calvin Klein. Club. Yeah, I think so. Is it is it Calvin Klein's obsession? Is that what it? Is? Uh, I think so. I I, don't know. I had a friend in high school who wore that thing like wore, wore, wore obsession like it was. I've never done cologne. Uh, do you wear cologne? Uh, not normally. My wife okay. has bought me in the pe- like. I've never bought it on my own. She's I've like, heard this smells good. You should put some on like when we go to a wedding or something. I've heard. I've heard. That girls are... Oh, yeah. They, they like the cologne. I don't know. Right. I've never been a cologne guy, but I've, huh? I've heard that that's the thing. I like to believe that my own pheromones well, are enough to, you know... Mm-hmm. And and because it, I'm, I don't like to brag, but... There you go. We're, we're, we're just two natural dudes, right? That's right. That's right. But I will... When I get gussied up, I will put a lot yeah. on a little woman getter okay. for, for the missus. Yeah, sure. And, uh, yeah, it's nice. Yeah. I remember the first time. I have a long history with cologne, actually. Oh, really? Uh, my grandpa used to wear Brute. Right? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Like any good cowboy yeah. slash farmer there would. You go. Yeah. And so I remember Brute. when I was like in like second grade being like, oh, yeah. yeah. Wearing my Brute. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, let's. Yeah. Ladies, ladies, ladies. Oh, yeah. Wearing my brood on the playground. Like a gold chain around the brood or something like that? Yeah, thought, yeah, yeah. I thought there was, I thought And the thing was, was is that I didn't even have the cologne. I just had the aftershave, mm-hmm, right? Didn't mm-hmm. matter. I still put a little on. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, it was a hit then. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I think in like fourth grade or third grade, I bought Michael Jordan cologne. Ooh, now, whoa. for those of you that don't know about Michael Jordan cologne, mm-hmm. on the bottom, it's like got a rubber, like the, like the normal cologne. Yeah, okay. Bottle and then on the mm-hmm. bottom it has rubber on the bottom that's in the shape of like shoe tread. Oh, uh-huh. interesting. Uh-huh. Okay, interesting yeah. design. There. I had that bottle for a while, and yeah. I, um, I think maybe I was maybe it was a little maybe like fourth grade, but I remember probably wearing way too much, mm-hmm. and so I'm sure our, my teacher was like, 
uh, what's I had a, going on, Glenn? Yeah, Why are I, you doing this to I, me? I, I remember, <laughs> I think in like fifth grade or something like that, uh, they go through and they talk to you about you know body odor and stuff like that for the first time. Hey, puberty. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I remember like, you know, they're talking to you about, you know, you should wear deodorant and stuff like this, you know, or whatever. Yeah. And, and so like, you know, as your kid, you're, you're interested in these things. Oh, yeah. I got some brute or something like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's a, I can't remember his brute. I want to say it was brute. Sex Panther. It was like well, it was like it was like aftershave or something like that. And I was like a fifth grader or something. And I was like dabbing on some aftershave. And I remember my teacher. Uh, my teacher's like a you know, God bless her. She's a you know the middle aged woman or whatever you know. And she she was walking by me one day and she's like Brian. Are you wearing aftershave? <laughs> I remember as no. a kid. I was, yeah, yeah. As a kid, I was like, oh, no, I was, no, I'm not wearing it. But I totally, I was like wearing like aftershave. <laughs> I was about ten years from growing the facial hair at that point. But um, anyway, Brian, is that brute? Yeah, seriously. I love a man in brute, Brian. <laughs> anyway, embarrassing stories from my childhood. Oh um, right, wow, how did so, we get off? I don't know. But so my animal uh, that I would create. Um, if I could, this, this is a terrifying animal. Ooh. This is a like a Halloween. This special? is probably like uh, you know, end of world, end of days type scenario. Okay, revelations. Yeah, um, this is. I was thinking of you know, I was thinking of like a super fast oh. animal. You yeah. know, so like yeah. a cheetah. Mm-hmm. Ooh, okay, so we're starting with cheetah right. and a bull. Cheetah and a bull together. Wow. So like super fast, super strong, like super animal. Yeah, that would be that would so be like, terrifying. I don't know what it Can't would do. It. I don't know what it would do exactly, but it would be like super strong, super powerful, super fast. Was it? Like, probably there's probably a reason why this doesn't exist already because it would annihilate everything on the planet as it is. You know, a bull that's super fast. So when I was growing up, Brian, <laughs> my grandpa had a bunch of cattle, right? Okay, all right, and. I remember even when I was little, this is this stuck out to me. So he had a bunch of cattle in one pasture, mm-hmm. and then in the other pasture, he just had one bull. Morning. Yeah, I hope you don't mind. I got up a little early, so I took the liberty of milking your cow for you. Yeah, it took a little while to get her warmed up. She sure is a stubborn one. Then pow, all at once. We don't have a cow. We have a bull. I'll brush my teeth. Okay. I'm like, Grandpa, this is not like a great allocation of, you know, land right. here. You have one yeah, over here. Yeah, yeah, And like, I don't know, a hundred over here. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, 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 no. We can't, we can't put the bull over there because we got problems. And mm. and I remember one time the bull got into the other, like, like made it happen. Like, got into the other. <gasps> so I, I'm a... I'm afraid that your your creature, Brian, may be like may really exist. fast. Yeah. Well, he may exist, but... His talent may be, you know, procreating, like, at any cost. (laughs) So, like, take over the world in sheer numbers. Ah! Yeah. Okay. That's that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Be careful what you wish for here. That's not a thing I hadn't thought about. Both. I I, I mean... Okay. And he was mean, too. Like, because he was... Yeah. Horny. He had horns. Yeah. Uh, The horns with the... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm. I hadn't thought about that side of it. And that could be uh, a downside. In addition to the, you know, super fast, super strong, um, super other things. Yes. You know. <laughs> <Super> okay. <laughs> so maybe I should rethink that. 
I was working on that in the shop, and I, maybe that's a bad idea. <laughs> working on the shop. Well, you know, you can yeah. always revisit the I'll planet. retool. I'll, I'll think about some other animals to try to, you know, mad scientists combine. Okay, good. <clears throat> um, okay, so um, there's the answer to that question. Um, some teenage brute and some obsession and some bulls and some cheetahs. <laughs> jackalopes. Um, jackalopes. And, and a lot of procreation. A lot of procreation. Okay. Um, okay, so that took us off in the weeds. Um, <laughs> okay. Final question from the gentleman mailbag. Yes. Uh, let me find this here. Uh, okay, I'm gonna move this here. Okay, <laughs> this doesn't sound like a mailbag. Uh, right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. This one. Okay. This is a good one. Um, <laughs> what is your favorite board game, Glenn? Oh shoot! Present or of all time? Or all time. All time. All time. Board game. All time. Uh, all right. Well, if I'm gonna go all time, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go Racco. You're going to go, what? You've never heard of the game Racco? Racco. No. Racco. I used to play this with my grandma. Okay. My brother and I did. Uh, we go and visit grandma all the time, and she mm-hmm. had, like, you know, shoots and ladders okay. and Crazy Eights and all these games. Right. Racco. Racco is this, um, you have, like, basically it's like a it's like a glorified card holder. Like, a, like it has all these slots to put cards in. Okay. And basically you, like, like trade cards back and forth until you have all your cards in ascending order so smallest to largest and you have all these slots you have to fill and the first one who doesn't wins okay is Racco okay I don't know it was fun okay I've never heard of that game before it's pretty old school wow Uh, it's actually you know it's kind of a underground thing Mm. don't worry about it if you've never heard of it but you know you know I I think I've heard of it before circa 1995 94 it was a lot of there's a lot of board games floating around. <laughs> yeah. You know? Nirvana was kinda coming out and <laughs> board games were changing. Yep. You know? Yeah. My grandma actually volunteered at a local thrift store and I uh, thrift store and I think she that's where she picked it up. So, so it could have been like a one off tiny little A lot of plaid shirts going around. Oh and, yeah. yeah. Mothballs. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Racco. Racco. All right. That's interesting. Alright, what about yeah. you? Um, I was thinking about this. There's a couple of different directions I could go in. Okay. Like, all time, you know, my, my probably my favorite, my go-to, which I haven't played in, like, ten years, is, is, is it's very mainstream. Like, we were just talking about, like, the whole Racco thing, which is, like, cool. Like, <laughs> no one else has played it's, it. Only really hipsters cool. play it now. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, that's the total, like, the mm-hmm. hipsters are out. You know? Go to Speakeasy and play Racco. Yeah. Wants to play Racco with me. What's Racco? Oh. Hell, you, you haven't heard know? of it? Yeah. Huh. Mm. Well, okay. Mm. Uh, so I would say like mine would be like Monopoly. Monopoly. Okay. That, that, I mean, that's the that's the go to, you know. Uh, but more recently, uh, we've been playing Pandemic, which Ooh. is you know kind of more recent uh, board game, which we've been kind of obsessed with. Which is Pandemic. If people have, out there haven't heard of it, is it's like a it's like a it's a partner game. So. Okay. It's not like a individual game. It's like you and some partners, and the whole goal of the game is to like stop this outbreak from taking over the world, basically. <laughs> and there's just there's really complicated. There's a lot of rules to it, and huh. it's you know learning whatever. Curve. But we've been playing it a bunch, and it's it's fun. It's huh. you play it on teams, so you like play with a bunch of people, and you're all collaborating together to like stop this outbreak. And so it's like yeah. a like a brain trust. Yeah, exactly. Huh. Yeah, so it's fun. You ever um, seen the movie Outbreak? Yes. Yeah. This is like Jodie Foster. And- Basically, it's exactly like that. Except okay. It's a board game. Um, Jodie Foster? I want to say... Yeah, that sounds right. Jodie Foster? I- yeah, it's some other yeah. dude. I don't know. 
But I mean, Monopoly is the classic game. I yep. love that game. It's fun, but it can be so intense. Dude, you know what I mean? I I've been a part of a game where it's almost ripped a family apart. I think that there are families all over the world that may have split up completely. They may not talk to each other anymore over a Monopoly. A single Monopoly. It has all the elements for like a meltdown. Yeah, it does. Plus, maybe we've talked about this before. Maybe I've just talked with you about this. Mm-hmm. I think the problem is is that when you have money, mm-hmm. even though it's fake money, people yeah. associate it with real money. Yes. It's like psychologically, <laughs> it is quite a... Yeah. It's hard for some people to, you know... I remember seeing some study where they were actually using a psychological study where they gave one person more money than the other person. How ruthless they became really? based on giving them more money. Like, they, they they did something to kind of assure that one person would gain a distinct advantage over the other in the huh. game. And just to see what would happen, you know? Huh. And it was like... People became very hardcore and like very like ruthless huh. with their monopoly money, basically because I don't know. There's something psychological about having that advantage over somebody else. That Interesting. Was, yeah. So and it, put them in the ground. Yeah, and it, it was. You see that kind of throughout monopoly games in the world. So I don't know. And the thing is, if if you're good at monopoly, you're kind of ruthless in general as it is, right? I just want to say, you know, <laughs> what what an ingenious game. Oh I mean, yeah. It's been played for a hundred years, and you know there's like a billion different types of Monopoly. Now. Yeah, and it's still fun today. It's still relevant. You can still grab a board of Monopoly with your buddies and have a good six hours of entertainment. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's a long game to play, but it's yeah. fun. It's really fun. I don't know. So. There's a local bar that I've gone to. I went with a buddy, mm-hmm. and uh, they have board games. Yeah. Uh, you've been there and, and uh, I don't think we played Monopoly one time but I think it was there Yeah. but I remember thinking we're not playing Monopoly because yeah. we'll, we'll have to close the place down seriously and yeah it could take hours there'll be a brawl yeah especially the guy I was playing with I mean he's yeah you know uh, yeah. there would have been a brawl so mm-hmm. yeah I mean any, any any game that can incite that kind of reaction from people is a good game probably yep you know so yeah Monopoly's up there it's so. got all the elements you got money you have trading and like mm-hmm. bartering with people man that's the toughest thing oh. you got people cutting deals that's the thing that Luck. gets people yeah riled up you know oh man uh, Th- that, w- that was the yeah. yeah that's the thing you that's the killer is cutting the- deals and the people across the table are like why are you cutting a deal with that person you know you're gonna and then yeah. so if you're playing it's also a slow like if you're losing mm-hmm. you've been losing for a while yeah, because it's a gradual it's a you don't yeah. just like lose like that yeah you you yeah. slowly lose all this money yeah and property mm-hmm. or you slowly gain it all and you think you're the king of the world and and that's, a, that's a metaphor for life yeah <laughs> you start thinking about your own life you know it becomes very introspective and that's where people get violent it was after that Monopoly game that I started drinking yeah exactly yeah well anyway so yeah, that's kind of depressing now that I'm thinking about it. It's a sad note to end the podcast with. <laughs> but on an up note, you could play Pandemic, where the whole world's in danger of dying. Right, but pandemic. you're yeah. in a brain trust that might save Yeah, it. exactly, but you're working together to save the world. So that would be better than working against each other to make a bunch of money. So, <laughs> Well, I, I, that's the end of the question from the gentleman mailbag. So. For the remaining two listeners. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, I don't know if there's two. Uh, if Well, if both you and I listen to this... Then right now there will be two listeners. I'm going to be honest, Brian. I don't know if I've listened all the way. Oh, okay. Full. 
I, I you have to because I have you to edit because I edited it. So there will be at least one one listener at this point. I, I, I listen. I listen most of the way through, but I can never quite. Make I can it. understand. Once you get to the, the questions from the gentleman mailbag, you're probably like, oh gosh, <laughs> yeah, cut this thing off. I had a friend actually. I think maybe it was my brother. He was like. Are they all like an hour and forty five minutes long? And I was like, No, 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 that one was a one off. Yeah. Actually, they are kind of long. Yeah, so. yeah, well, yeah, you know, yeah. It's an investment of time, but hopefully, there's a return on it. It's only as long as the listener makes it. Bam! So you can shut it off anytime. You can stop hey. it. You can come back to it. You can never come back to it. You can. I think we need to start incorporating more like subliminal hooks. Mm. Like later in the show, we're going to talk about how to make a thousand dollars. No. Okay. There you go. But right now we're talking about blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like TV okay. shows do. You know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. Yeah. We could do, yeah. We could, we could do like a, you know, scenes from the next human podcast, <laughs> you know, where we're, but we, had, you know, <gasps> Glenn pees on an electric fence. Yeah. <laughs> what Glenn? What? You know, just, you know, I have to know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, just maybe it could happen. Uh, well, but anyway. It was a good show. It was. That was fun. It was fun. Um, Storm died. Storm died. No more thunder. No more thunder. It's good. We're going to make it through. So. It's a metaphor in life. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, <laughs> I guess we're going to have to wrap it up now because yep. we're done with the questions from the gentleman mailbag. That's the end of the show. Um, no more thunder. We made it. That's good. Yes. Okay. Well, I guess for me, Brian McKinney, and... Me, Glenn Stansberry. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody, and and have a good night. Have a good night. <laughs> there you go. You heard it from Glenn Stansberry. Wow. All right. And and and, and if you're playing Monopoly, don't get ruthless. If don't you're get ruthless. Have some compassion. For don't be like everybody else. Yeah. Okay? Be, be cut some deals these are your friends yeah. probably your family cut some deals come on you don't need boardwalk do you you know you Pennsylvania can't, Avenue can you patent the sun yeah exactly there can you, you patent boardwalk avenue exactly yeah Ugh. okay alright alright well that's, that's that that's it <laughs> we've nailed it yeah we nailed it <laughs> thanks for listening to the gentleman podcast I'm Brian McKinney this is Glenn Stansbury thanks guys signing off alright bye <laughs>